Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to Building the Black Educator Pipeline podcast. I am your host, Shana Terrell, educator activist dedicated to the lifelong struggle of freedom and liberation for my people. Welcome back to all my co-conspirators out there who watch and support the show and welcome on in the room to our new supporters this week. I hope you all are finding our podcast, liking, subscribing, listening, telling a friend to tell a friend. Again, you can find us on all major networks, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and Google. So shout out to Brightbeam. Yes, Brightbeam and the Center for Black Educator Development for creating this platform for us to talk to real people in the real struggle doing the real work. We are back for a part two, y'all, of matriarchs and building a black educator pipeline. Um, there is nothing like a mother's love. And today we get to connect with an amazing mama who was a freedom fighter back in the day in the movement. Still a freedom fighter, okay? Still a liberator out here doing the good work. Um, and again, a lot of times when you hear about social movements, you don't really hear about how the backs of these movements were built on the mamas who really put in the work on the ground um, and organized people, organized things for children, for families, and got people invested in the movement. So I'm super excited to really be talking to a mama in the movement today. So today we would like to welcome to the show Mama Kamara Jordan. Hey, Mama. Hey, Shade. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to go out of the room and come back in again just to hear that. <laughs> Listen, wow. we are honored and happy to have you here today, Mama Absolutely. Kamara, for sure. So, Mama, mm -hmm. I want you to start off just by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. If you could share with us, just kind of let the folks know who you are and a lot about your, your current work, past and present. Who is Mama okay. Kamara? Oh, wow. Well, let's see. Born November 23rd, 1952 at Temple <laughs> yes. University Hospital on Broad hey, Street. Hey, Billy. To two awesome, civic-minded uh, rebel parents in a way. My mother was really an advocate for education, and my father was really an advocate for civic activity in, in, in our hood. And um, I just stand on their shoulders, you know. So... Uh, yeah, born and born and raised in Philly. Uh, summers in North Carolina. Let's mm. here for Kannapolis, North Carolina, about 50 <laughs> miles from Greensboro, uh, where I learned later that my mom, you know, was a part of the lunch counter sit-ins, you know. Awesome. Uh, and so there were a lot of things they didn't talk about when we were little, but when we got older, we found out some things that they were they were doing back in the day. So, um, you know, um, went to elementary school uh, in North Philly. Uh, went to middle school at John Wanamaker Junior High School. It breaks okay. my heart. It's torn down. It's now part of a, a, a building, a building that Temple built something there. And then went to Kensington High School when it was all girls. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And uh, went to community college. Uh, wasn't toted as, as college material, so it took me longer to get through. But I got through. And it was in those mm. years that I made some of the best friends that for those who remain, continue to be uh, my mentors because they were on the front line of the movement. And so a lot of my orientation started right there at community college, you know, oh, wow. in, the, in the 70s. Yeah. That's then awesome. I was, then, That's dope. Yeah. Yes, and you're known to yes. many, Mama. Um, 
<laughs> as an educator for sure. And first, I want to make a connection. Just shout out to you for being born to two rebel parents. My parents are also from the South um, and participated in um, demonstrations, demonstrations in March with Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. So shout out to our parents who, again, did all of this freedom fighting back in the day and stay humble in the house. Yes, humble in the house. Unbelievable. Had no, had no clue. So I'm very similar to no you, had clue. no clue until mm-hmm. was learned about civil rights in school and came home and talked about it. And my mom just real casual, like, oh, yeah. You know, me and your dad went to jail twice. We marched with Dr. King. Mom, what? So, yes. Yes. <laughs> very humble in the home for, again, we stand yes. on, on their shoulders and the work they did. Yes, absolutely, Shana. Well, Mama, absolutely. you are known to many um, as an <laughs> educator. So, can you share with us just your journey to education? What inspired you um, to become an educator? I'm going to do my best not to let tears come to my eyes. But let me tell you, when I finished community college, and this is a shout out to those of you who are taking the long scenic route through school, okay? (laughs) Um, It's good. Keep it going. Keep it going. You know, never give up. Uh, When I left there, I went to uh, Penn State Capitol Campus. They were anxious to recruit black students, so it was a good time to be black because they needed some up there. But I went to Capitol Campus right outside of Harrisburg. And in your third year of of, uh, an educational uh, pursuit, you have to go and um, be mentored. You know, you have to go sit under the, sit at the feet of of a teacher and, you know, and do what they need you to do in the classroom. Not student teaching. That's in your final year. But in that third year, you actually go and you, you know, you um, engage. And so I learned about this independent school uh, Freedom Day School, they were in Harrisburg, which was 10 miles from campus. So I had my little jitney, and I would uh, go there uh, once a week. And I was mentored into this whole world of black independent institutions through Karimu and Kamau. They were husband and wife. They had a storefront school, and the whole school was like the size of, a, of just a regular row house. So I'll, I'll never forget, Karima said to me one time, uh, she said, uh, we're going to be going to Brooklyn, New York uh, for a CB regional meeting. And on that weekend, maybe you might not want to go home, but if you can, stay on campus and come ride with us up to Brooklyn. We're going by bus, you know. So to make a long story short, we did that. I stayed over their house the night before. We got on the bus, four-hour ride from Harrisburg to Brooklyn, and I was, you know, young and, and naive, but just inspired by them, by their dedication. Well, we go to New York and we stay. Um, they made arrangements. People came from all over on the East Coast. And that was my first exposure to something called a Council of Independent Black Institutions. So there were meetings all day on uh, well, the gathering we got there on that Friday. That Friday evening, the sisters and brothers had prepared food for us. We went to a place called the East, and the East mm-hmm. is well known, you know, and uh, they prepared meal for us, and then we went to our respective sleeping quarters, and then we came back on Saturday for all-day sessions. Mm-hmm. And it was at that time that I got to see that this was a world in and to itself. Folks were there from all over. They were teachers. They were administrators. Um and from uh, teacher techniques, um, culture, music, and I latched onto that. That became my niche after a while. Um, you know, parent involvement, uh, 
um, how to weave uh, cultural motif and ethics and mores and all of that into your teaching. It was just, and I fell in love. I just <laughs> fell in love. You know, it was nothing else to say. I was bit. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that evening, as if that all day Saturday wasn't enough, they said, well, we're having a party to celebrate before y'all go back. So we ended up at this big house in Brooklyn, a Brooklyn brownstone owned by the, the Bandele family. And the whole house was the party. You know, <laughs> so I got to hear Fela Ramsey and Latin music and African music all fused together. And so it became just this kaleidoscope of just cultural activity, the smells, the food, the clothes. And I said, I, I could do this, you know. So when I finally graduated and came back to Philly, I needed to do some research. So is there anything like that here? <laughs> you know, And mm-hmm. um I stayed in touch with the folks in Brooklyn, and my parents were like, okay, you're back now. You need to get to work. So I went and I started working District 5 as a, as a um, substitute teacher. And so one day when I was coming home, a car screeched and stopped, and a mama named Mama Wayma Hammond de Brady, she slammed on her brakes. She said, what are you doing these days? <laughs> And I said, oh, I'm doing, I'm working, I'm substitute teaching. She said, give me a call. This is pre-cell phone. So I scrambled my bag. I take that. I said, tell me your number. So I write it down. She said, call me tonight. And I said, ma'am, she took off. So I called her and uh, she invited me to a meeting. And that meeting subsequently became an interview. And that's when I learned about the Nathamu Sasa School and their need for a preschool teacher. Oh, wow. And that began my journey, my eight-year journey, which is now almost a 50-year journey. Because one of the things that's real important about what we're doing, Shana, is we are building community. Mm -hmm. And so my working with these little tots, two and three and four years old, you know, who have become in their 40s and their 50s, are still a part of my extended family because through that experience, we stayed connected, you Mm -hmm. know, and uh, labeled things, you know, by those onlookers who thought we were rebels, cult, whatever, you know, they thought. Now many of them look in envy because it was like, y'all knew what you were doing. That's what y'all were doing. That's, That's what y'all what we were doing. doing. We were doing. So, um, and to put yeah. this into some context for folks who um, listen to the podcast, they know um, I co-launched the organization with Sharif Al-Mekki. Um, mm-hmm. And Sharif Al-Mekki was a scholar at Nuthamo Sasa and speaks very highly of his experience um, mm-hmm. at, at Nuthamo Sasa and attributes it to like who he is today because of all the phenomenal things that um, he learned there and the experience that he had at Nuthamo Sasa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Nuthamo Sasa is considered um, a black independent school. Mm-hmm. So of course you mama was a part of that black school's independent movement. Can you talk to us about why, especially during that time, black independent schools were so important? Yeah. So, um, First of all, hats off to my mentors who are now in their 70s and 80s, those who still remain with us. Um, Again, hands-on, still hands-on because we connect, we stay connected. They, uh, in the case of Nathamu Sasa, 
it was founded by an organization called the Black Humanist Fellowship, and that has a history in and of itself. And mm -hmm. programs came out of the Black Humanist Fellowship, of which NS Nathamasasa was one. So they developed mm -hmm. the school, and parents and community leaders, you've heard the name David P. Richardson, you know, Dr. Ed Robinson, folks like that, were very much a part of supporting and pushing um, uh, the, the elders who formed the school. And during that time, and not to discourage us from not being able to do this again, but we did have the advantage of an era. We were, we were in, a, in, a, in a time period where if you didn't know who you were, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, you were on the other side of the track because it was the <laughs> happening. There was, was so shame. much fortification for the culture, through the cultural arts movement, the civil mm -hmm. rights movement, the black liberation movement, the pan-African movement, you know, the African liberation, all this was happening. Mm -hmm. And so you saw this in, and you made your selection as what, what where do you fit, you know? Um, so the independent school movement was definitely supported and came out of this era and this time. Uh, the music, the, the art, the poetry, the clothing, the hair, you know, all of it was there to reinforce and support um, what we were about. So people who could buy into that, who uh, believed in that, they found themselves either wanting to be in, involved in leadership, development, education, or being a parent. And being a parent is nothing to sneeze at because... Uh, all the independent schools that I know of were very keen on parent involvement, and sometimes the parents were the teachers, the teachers were the parents. You know what I mean? They were on the yep. boards. They were in leadership. They were very, very much a part of, of this guiding and steering and directing of what was going exactly. on, and they were valued and respected. Um, and, you know, uh, and from all walks of life. We had, we had parents that were laborers all the way to lawyers, you know, and judges, mm -hmm. you know, because they had that common um, consciousness that this is how you make leaders. This is how you build leaders, you know, and it's built on that um, uh, fortification that we are and we can and we will, you know. And when you hear a Sharif or you hear Dr. Eli Stanford or uh the Tamu Chavis or any of them who were who were around and still hold dear to this history, they will tell you that the love and the support and the no nonsense, <laughs> you are not going to fail because we got you and you're expected because you can. They still talk about that. They do. They still talk and, about and that. They and, and, through. Yes, and through. Yes, through and through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and Lusan And there's so many things that you're hitting on and saying that. You know, I'm hearing, I'm just like, dang. Um, definitely the, the era piece is important. Mm -hmm. Meaning, like, I'm black and I'm proud and we are African or we being African people. Like, if you wasn't down with that cause, the people were like, who are you, brothers? Like, you're lost. <laughs> um, it was really a decision on, like, are we going to be down with civil rights where we're going to be at peace and turn the other cheek or are we going to fight back? But at the end of the day, we all black and we need these rights, right? Yes, like, this is, yes, <laughs> that yes. was the... The spirit in the, in the feel of that era, and I think it was so much so important because it brought so much unity to yes. folks. 
to yeah. want to nation build, right? Yes, um, absolutely. And that is a lot of, of the work that you guys did was nation build. Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing that's really key um, in your saying is like parents were respected. Um, they were respected not only as parents, but also as educators. So yes. that's the time of the, uh, like when parents were invited into schools to contribute yes. to what was happening and what was going on. Yes. Or just pooling community resources together. Mm-hmm. You got this. Oh, you do arts and crafts. Come on in there. You know, we need a little arts and crafts teacher um, up in the school. You know, you going to take on that <laughs> on that pilot. Yes. Okay, yes. you're connected to this group of folks. We're going to, you know, lean on you to organize uh, this uh, for the children in the community. So all that community resource pooling. Um, mm-hmm. And another thing that you, you pulled together that was happening back then is the the barriers that did not exist uh, for social economics amongst black folks, mm-hmm. um, which you see now at large magnitudes, all these barriers where it is just poor black folks congregated and living in neighborhoods alone by yeah. themselves, mm-hmm. not being able to pull resources because they don't have them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then privileged, educated, bourgeois, whatever you may call it, black folks who are like pulling themselves out of these situations and living totally separate and non-existent and not in connection with the poor black struggle. Um, yes. Kind of yes. like, like we above it <laughs> and, or yeah. we, or we, we become tourists, right. In these neighborhoods, mm-hmm. just like white folks do. Yeah. Ah, we're going to be here to help little, little volunteer support. And you know, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ah, my, my kids can't go to school here with your kids. Like, mm, we're not going to do that. Like my kids need options. So a right. lot of those barriers existed. Yes. Well, you know what's also key? And Mama Fasaha Trailer, who was the um, headmistress of the school, yeah, uh, she's doing. A, she's alive and well. She and Bob and Genzi were the ones who, you know, I had to sit at their feet uh, to go through that interview. One of the things I remember her talking about um, in a project we recently did for Scribe Video was that not everybody on the parent level was right on Black Power. There were those who saw the school as a private school mm. and know, if nothing else, I want my child to get a good education, education. from people who look like him or her. And mm. um, some of them struggled to pay tuition and therefore work with the school to volunteer to do various things to work off, mm. you know, the tuition, uh, which was reasonable and manageable. Uh, And if I'm not incorrect on a sliding scale, uh, but there were ways for you to get in and fit in. So there were parents who did not have the high level of consciousness that you may think of, like Sharif's parents. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sharif's mama was no joke. Um, extremely on the front line. Yes, <laughs> shout out to Aisha. Mama Aisha. Oh, she, oh uh, powerhouse, power. rest in power. <laughs> oh my, she was she was a force um, for good, absolutely. Uh, but not everybody was on that level. But you'll hear the parents say that they were drawn to pull themselves up and learn because their children were coming home with all this new language and behavior and philosophy and so in order for them to know what was going on they needed to tap in so there are parents who actually said that they learned through their children because of the you know the independent school movement so um i think it's important to know that everybody you know was not there were those who were radical rebel right on black power through and through but then there were those who were toddling toward you know and um and you know bought into it Little by little, got it, 
And then they're like, okay, we understand. Because they could see what it was doing for their children. Yes. And I think that's important, too. Because I think that um, as, I guess I would say, as social movies have been commercialized, so to speak, Mm -hmm. there is this expectation that folks have to have the same level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. When I think back then, folks were a lot more tolerable about folks not having the same level of consciousness. And they were okay with meeting people with where they are. Yes, um, absolutely. absolutely. And coming together as a community. Yes, that was, is so true. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> and, I, and I really respect my elders, you know, who modeled that. Because when I think back, they didn't just um, sit at the feet or listen to or respect those who, you know, were um, Afrocentric, so to speak. And, you know, had all these uh, letters behind their name because they had written books. They they respected equally the 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 parent that was a you know worked in the factory worked in the kitchen the construction worker you know with maybe nominal consciousness about um, you know Africanisms and 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 all and the struggle they looked at them and valued them for who they were and so yeah. I learned through that example watching them that no matter what level somebody's on it's their integrity that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody has has something to contribute and need to be respected. Um, I crack up sometimes, you know, when we're looking at modern day, you know, like Mm -hmm. people should have this level of consciousness or people are are choosing not to prioritize, you know, human rights or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what did y'all think was happening in the 70s? You thought everybody was here with a beret and a gun or everybody Mm -hmm. was marching? And Mm -hmm. no, this is not how the world works. And yeah, I think that um, bars or speakeasies or drugs just got created. All of that can existed. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And back then as well. Um, Sure did. Yeah, have to meet people uh, where they are. Um, Mm -hmm. And... um, a while back, uh, we had, you know, a couple activists and folks on the show, and they talk about, like, you have to have a group of people who are willing to take action and fight. You have to have another group of people who are willing to, like, help stabilize and organize but sit in the background. And then you have another group that's just looking on, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, all right, when y'all get things jumped off, I'm going to be ready to support. Right. Then you do have a group of folks who are like, you know, I'm going to be alone for the benefits, but I'm not jumping in none of this at all. And that's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay. <laughs> Okay. Like all of that is okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But mama, you did you know you did your time definitely at New Thamosasa, but you have also had the experience of public schools, um, mm-hmm. and even on being an outside, you know, being an advocate for schools for people for Black people. What do you think in the current state of schools how they are today? What can we learn from Black independent schools, especially about how to ground children in their culture? Yes, I, I take my hat off, much love and respect for those who are in our public schools and our charter schools and are holding up the banner for teaching and demonstrating and modeling self-love, respect. You know, it's difficult. We are, the, the battle with the outside culture is a challenge with current music uh, we've got uh, social media, which is almost like a, a lifestyle in itself, you know. Mm-hmm. So teachers have a lot to contend with. But um, those who are in the system, so to speak, I I just love and respect those who, in spite of, you know, they forge through and they model um, the kind of love, care, and respect for the children 
uh, that uh, that they can as much as they can, you know, mm-hmm. because that that in and of itself has a lasting effect on on children. It's it's one thing to be a black teacher in a classroom, but how do you feel about those children? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about yourself, which is modeled in how you make faces, <laughs> how you use tone, you know, language, body language, when you are interfacing with those children? So mm-hmm. um, we need them because that's when the majority of our children are, you know, in the mm-hmm. in the public school system, in the charter school system. So to to do all you can, the best you can, you know, to weave those those pieces in um, when you can. Um, one of the things I appreciated, and I remember um, uh, Sharif even saying that he got from one of our former Babas who's passed on with the ancestors, uh, Baba Oduchanga. Baba Changa, that, yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we had two Baba Changas. We had a parent, Baba Changa Chikuyu, who's still alive and, and well and teaching um, martial arts and preparedness. But we had Baba Odu Changa, who mm-hmm. was, you know, the, the, the Baba of the Martial Arts Institute at the school, which mm-hmm. remains with his son now, Vita Saana. So Baba Odu Changa always would make sure that when he was referencing something, he would reference somebody who did that. So in other words, um, if you're talking mathematics, he wanted to make sure you knew a mathematician. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. health and science that you knew about Imhotep, you know, and mm-hmm. so so that when the children um, embrace, well, I'm going to be at this, you know, you can always come right behind, yeah, well, that's what so-and-so was, you mm-hmm. know. Let me tell you a little bit about that person. So that the children get to see that We've done everything. We've been in everything and been great at it. And there's somebody you can look to, you know, you don't have to look at somebody that doesn't look like you to mm-hmm. model that thing. That mm-hmm. somebody did that, you know, um, you know, whether it's an air, you know, aerodynamics or whatever it is. Somebody that looks like you has done that or is still doing it, you mm-hmm. know, so that the children get to see, oh, well, if they can do it. I can do it, so too. <laughs> and That's uh, we have a lot of conversation here, too, about, like, and so kids can understand who you are. Like, who do you belong to? Mm-hmm. Um, and you come from a very rich history um, and a very rich culture. Yes. Um, a long line of educators, inventors, philosophers, mathematicians, yes. surgeons, doctors, mm-hmm. lawyers, athletes i mean builders carpenters all of that is just within your history yes um and your lineage and you Mm -hmm. don't have to look to the other to to Mm -hmm. feel like they're the ones who had all these great (laughs) accomplishments so Mm -hmm. that's super important and key for connecting i think we talk about cultural relevance again in schools Mm -hmm. folks are still trying to find ways to connect to like oh the modern culture which i think is important but i think having children know their history uh, to be able to connect that to something that they want to do or want to connect to in the future, mm-hmm. that is super key. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And shout out to Baba Changa uh, for that. Sharif always quotes Baba Changa. One of the things he always says is Baba Changa told him that if you're going to speak the truth, you have to be able to defend the truth. Oh, um, yes. And and, <laughs> and that was the importance of <laughs> definitely the, the, the martial arts components, right? Like mm-hmm. that was their phys ed. Mm-hmm. That was um, exactly it was so, and, so super and important. and that has philosophy built in it in and of itself, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you talk to those who um, recall those that that teaching through the Visayana system, they actually are able to reference not just 
you know, the katas that they did, but what was behind that and the whole building of character that came through um, Baba Changa. So it was it was a whole lot more than just physical, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mental as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Mental, spiritual, character development. Yeah, he covered it all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So with black, um, you know, independent schools rising, um, definitely and thriving at that time, I know that the the notion of freedom schools had um, existed. And it's funny because um, I didn't attend a black independent school, but I'm very familiar with the freedom schools movement. I was yes. involved in freedom schools since I was a, a teenager. So uh-huh. extremely involved with the freedom schools movement and then all through college and then in my adult life, like right mm-hmm. now, we run Freedom Schools Literacy Academy, right? Like yeah. our programming is centered around um, literacy and recruiting the next generation of, of educators. Yeah. Um, and Freedom Schools is a little bit different from black um, independent schools, but very similar in a lot of ways. What are some mm-hmm. of the major similarities that you see or philosophies that you see um, in those two two schools, so to speak? So... I am getting more involved because, like you said, Sharif's always got something for you to do. Well, he's, <laughs> yes. he's you know, and I've opened myself to that. I said, Sharif, call me if you need me. He's like, okay, mama. <laughs> so so <laughs> be careful what you ask for. So that's a good thing. So um, I am on, I'm, I'm in the learning curve, learning mode to learn more about mm-hmm. where, um, particularly the youth, the, I know there's the youth literacy part, um, mm-hmm. you know, and there's the overall, you know, um, cultural and uh, educational fortification that goes on with the young people during the summer, Uh, some of the physical training and development that's sorely needed and cultural um, nuances that are added through dance and play and, um, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, poetry and rhyme. Um, So I'm becoming more um, aware of that whole, you know, the, the, the curriculum um, the, the, the structure, piece. yes, mm-hmm. of it. I do know that my limited involvement outside of being a, hey, you got it, let's go, let's do it, we can do this, um, has been um, to help the staff and the children learn the freedom songs of that era and yes. how the freedom songs were linked to many of the popular rhythm and blues songs you know, of that day, you know, yep. so they'll hear, they'll hear uh, a lick, they'll hear some bars that have been, um, what's the word, sampled yep. in contemporary music, you know, and so I'm like, okay, well, we got a song that goes to that. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> yeah, and it goes like this, <laughs> you know, so, so I find myself and I look forward to being involved in the teacher training this year. Yes. Because I got some songs for you all to learn. Listen, uh-huh. so I was hoping uh-huh. that we went yes. there because I was going to ask you, what's your favorite song, Mama? I think that that's super important. Do you have a favorite song? Malcolm X was a friend of mine <laughs> to the tune of war. <laughs> Listen. Cisco Kid was a friend of mine. Well, we had a mama named Mama Samira Woods who changed the word to that song to Malcolm X was a friend of mine. Can you give us a little snippet? <laughs> Malcolm X was a friend of mine. Do, 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 do. Malcolm X was a friend of mine. Do, 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 do. 
Well, he taught blackness and nation time. Do, 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 do. Yes, <laughs> and it goes on mama, with the I same exact that. the same exact tune it fits right in she fit it perfectly so you don't miss none of those bars so they go on the radio and they were here um cisco kid was a friend of mine and the tune said no that's not the song it goes like this and they would it was it's the way we <laughs> yes shout out and happy belated birthday to brother Malcolm born yes. May 19th shout out to brother Malcolm so this song was right on time mama I right love on that time. I right love that right on time right on time and we yeah. all know like the movement has a soundtrack so yes. for for you guys to be able to teach young people those those freedom songs mm-hmm. um, and that is a very similar um component that happens in the Freedom School as well Um, because the movement has a soundtrack Uh, we give our love we give our frustration we give all our feelings out um, musically and in music but Mm -hmm. exactly what you said teaching our young people the rhythms and the sounds and remixing other people's stuff I just just the thing to do like even in modern day right like you know our thing now is rap so we'll yes. remix a song and put new beats and put new rhymes, put freedom words. Do it. <laughs> right do it. To that song. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. So do that it. tradition, that history most certainly uh, continues on. We are definitely looking forward to you adding to our book of songs. Absolutely. And, and let me and tell cheers. you, I'm going to say this and let you move on to the next theme. But I was going through some notes today. And I found something that I had totally forgotten about. There was a song by the Spinners, Sadie. Don't you know we love you, sweet love Sadie? Sadie. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Well, Martin is replaced in there. Martin. Yes. <laughs> Don't you know we love you, sweet Martin? Yes. And then it's got other <laughs> lyrics that make total sense, and they're teaching. You know. So what he did, what he fought for, what he walked for, what he marched for. So it's it's in the song. So you get a lesson as you're singing the song. So yes. they weren't just they weren't just thrown together willy nilly. They were crafted. You know. Very crafted. And, but uh, then you just have some creative uh, young people. Uh, my favorite one definitely take from Freedom it, Schools in Philly we did a remix for uh, Fannie Lou Hamer oh I'd love to hear that yeah, yeah. Uh, Fannie Lou Hamer was a brave old soul and a brave old show was she mm-hmm. she was a teacher and a preacher and she knew how to reach it so let's hear it for Fannie oh. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired then we go ahead on so it was real good it was real good yes so, yes amazing dope so for all our folks out there listen if you're looking for great stuff to teach your kids and uh, sing with your kids to uplift and empower um, mm-hmm. definitely find some affirmation find some songs to uh kind of sing into and pour into our young people every morning. It ain't always got to be about the, the commercialism or the nonsense that's on the radio. Make up a rhyme, yeah, make up a remix, yeah, okay? Yeah, um, yeah. To, to honor our freedom fighters. Yes. You, all, amazing. you all are also doing an excellent job. That's something that was carried on from the 70s, 80s, 90s, up until now with the Freedom Schools, is learning to listen to and respect the youth. We mm-hmm. respected the children. We gave them platforms on which they could we did not laugh at their little suggestions and ideas and thoughts. We listened to them, and they knew we were listening. They, we gave them eye contact. We would be quiet, and we listened when they spoke. It wasn't always about the adults speaking, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then also weave some similar. of their ideas into the methodology and approach that you're using. That's very important for building self-esteem of young people. 
Yes, okay. that's also very similar with Black Liberation, Black Power, Black Independent, and Freedom Schools, mm-hmm. is that those movements are generally led by the young people. Um, the young people's voice, their strength, um, their tenacity, a lot of times is what, is what carries the movement through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they come out in droves because they're so fearless. Yes. Um, young people are so fearless um, and, and don't have anything to lose. I model a lot of my workings and how I operate uh, by Sister Ella Baker. Um, because ah, yes. she believed in young people and she believed that, you know, that as long as movements and things were led by the young, they're going to carry us through the storm. Yes, so absolutely. I model a lot of my thinking and work after uh, a sister Ella Baker and believing in young people. Powerful. That's the best way to get movements done. You yes. have to believe in the young people. And yes. another big thing is like they are the future. Um, mm-hmm. They are the next up. So mm-hmm. if we don't invest in them, we don't pour in them, we don't teach them how to advocate, we don't respect them. What do they become? Yes. So black independent schools, freedom schools, black liberation movement, that was one of the keys um, to getting ahead and getting our voices out there was believing in our young people. So So, definitely press upon that. Yes, absolutely. And continue to be encouraged because while they may not be in the number that -hmm. they were back in the 70s, there Mm -hmm. are still independent schools out there. They're still out there. The Council of Independent Institutions still exists. Uh, mm. I need to learn a little bit more about what they're doing now, but they they're still alive uh, and and going, and there are still some uh, independent schools. I'm glad that for those who did go charter, uh, for various reasons, that they took a lot of the, um, you know, the approaches and the science and brought that in with them. So when you see your charter schools doing Kwanzaa and and dressing in certain kinds of attire and naming their classrooms and decorating the core of the school, you know, um, that's 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 coming from the movement and they're keeping Mm. that alive. So get it in however you can get it in. I salute the freedom schools. I'm just so proud of you all for keeping that going, you know, because that summer impact means a lot. You know, it means a lot to those children. It means a lot for kids. It means oh, a lot absolutely. for the yes, college students does. who are coming back and work and the high school students as well who are getting yes. um, that experience. But I'm mm-hmm. glad you bring that up, Mama, that black independent schools are still around but may not be in the number. Mm-hmm. Why don't you think we have more uh, black independent schools or black-owned schools um, out here? You know, that's, 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 that's a very good question. I think that people have gone... Uh, into other industries uh, in terms of their career choices. Um, I long for the day of the return for our cohesion as communities Mm -hmm. where people who teach can feel supported by parents and the community um, Mm. so that they won't feel like they're all alone or under attack. Um, That will motivate uh, people to go into this as, as an endeavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes courage. It takes commitment. Uh, anyone who who uh, looks to do this full time or part time, there is there is there is a there is a need for it. I know you would get the support because there are people who would love for their children to be in this kind of setting, in the kind of setting that an independent school. Um, so I encourage this movement, the work that you're doing, the work that Sharif is doing with this recruitment movement. Um, to not only build um, careers and have uh, young adults, particularly males, look at teaching as a career, but looking at it as an opportunity to to look at the business model 
and say, hey, you know, we can we can do this as a school. We can create, you know, an institution. And it can be small for start. You know, I remember John Churchville um, from the Freedom Book Day School. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the Ivy Leaf School. Uh, that was a husband and wife uh, that ran that school. Uh, there, the, you know, the models, the, the, the research can be done to look at that and, you know, create create a new. So it, there is there has been a disconnect. You know, uh, we've had a major assault on our culture, mm. you know, um, and we, we've lost some soldiers. We still have mm-hmm. a lot of them that are still around. But we are definitely um, in a position where I think we have to constantly, constantly, constantly point to the positive and what is good and righteous and healthy for us because there's elements out there, uh, not to be discouraged, but the truth of the matter is, yeah, there are folks who you know, are trying to, you know, break us down and take us away from our core, you know, yes. and, um, and you hear it in the music and you hear it in, and you see it in, uh, you know, what, what, what is, what is seen as popular is, you know, celebrities that often are not upholding the kind of morals and, uh, ways of thinking that, you know, are a good influence on our children, mm-hmm. you know, and so, uh, I mean, some of them are turning around. Because they're starting to have children themselves, of their own. but yeah. some of them, some of them still don't get it. <laughs> and um, you know, this this culture is this culture, this dominant culture is something we have to constantly, you know, um, fight against. And, fight against, and, and absolutely, against. absolutely, most certainly, absolutely. Um, but again, you bring up some some other phenomenal points, and and the difference of of then and now. And I just wonder. You guys did such a great job of organizing parents to demand better education for their children. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of that is lacking now. And it's almost like parents don't know where to go or what to do. Um, can you give us some suggestions, especially about at Ndamu Sasta, how you guys organized parents and got parents involved um, in, the, in the movement for independent black education? So... This is something that I know that some some general mainstream schools do too, is children are still the delights of their parents. You know, no matter how challenged that family may be, they still see and and know their children to be the light of their lives. Mm-hmm. And so we would have the children do things that the parents had to be involved in. So we would have like Freedom Freedom Day where we were upholding the different liberation movements from on the continent and they had to wear certain colors and come marching in, you know, um, uh, uh, an auditorium, whether it was evening, you look at the times. It would, now, again, the challenge is people working two and three and four jobs, but you find creative ways to include the children in activities and then here come the parents because the parents want to see their child on stage or saying that line or singing that song or reciting that poem. And um, so they get inspired when they see, oh, that's what you're doing. Oh, that's what they're learning. Okay, I heard him in the bathroom. He kept reciting this thing over and that's what he was reciting. You know, so so putting the children in a position where they almost become the teachers by giving Mm -hmm. them activities and projects and programming to be involved in and and then the parents you know, um, 
they follow suit. They, follow they suit. in turn are there not only support, but they're getting an education too. And the pride that that stirs up in them, mm-hmm. you know. So that's just one of the techniques, you know. Um, having joint projects with a child and the parent need to do something together, you know. To uh, I love produce, that. To produce, you know, whether it's a science project, a math project, or what have you, you know. Um, it's it's challenging today because people, uh, you know, are or maybe more disjointed sometime in their families, and that single parent might be working two and three, four jobs. But encouraging parents to link up, that was another thing that we did. We encouraged parents to network. I remember even though I taught there, I would be picking up children, taking them to school and dropping them off, you know, because I drove yes. and some of the parents didn't. So we created a village, you know, among ourselves um, so that, uh, we supported each other. It's like, look, we're a partner in this to get Khalil to school, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Rashima to school. So therefore, you know, I'll pick up your groceries. You pick up my laundry. We're going to work it out. We're going to get him to school. <laughs> We're going to school, you know. And so that that partnership, you know, mm-hmm. encouraging that, um, you know, based on, you know, proximity, you know, not asking people to drive all the way across town, but having uh, leadership help to make these connections like, well, you know, so-and-so lives near so-and-so, and maybe you two can talk and maybe you all can, you know, network and and get this done. And get together. You know, and, get, and get on this for, on behalf of the children. So now the children then, they see this village, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, my mom, my dad, my mom and dad. You know, my grandmom, you know, is on the phone with so-and-so's mom, mom, and, you know, they're working out how we're going to get to the game on Saturday. Yes. You know, I, I'm just throwing things out there that I know took place, really took place. But you're throwing <laughs> things out there that I think they may seem simple, but when you look at it in hindsight, they work. And they I did. think, you know, being in K-12 for, for quite some time, with the brilliance in what you said, especially about creating activities that the parents have to participate, right? Like you, mm-hmm. your kid is your pride and joy, so you're going to show up. And what you see is when you move from kindergarten all the way up to high school, those activities, they, it starts to decline. Yes. It's cute to have a monthly assembly when they're in elementary school and mm-hmm. honor everybody. They get together and sing songs. But when you get into the high school culture, where does that go? And people have to be innovative and creative in thinking about what activities can you start can you do that still requires parent involvement where parents will still show up and show out um, Mm -hmm. for their children um, Mm -hmm. to keep them engaged and involved. And how can some of these activities become parent led um, Mm -hmm. instead of allowing to sit back in a lot of school to just um, create all the ideas or, or activities or events for families and communities. Right. Yes. And then, and, and looking at the um, cycle of human growth and development, as you get more adolescent into teen, you know, some of that morphs into art and culture, like you were talking about the rap, you know, that mm-hmm. was created by one of the students. Uh, it turns into athletics. Um, it, turns in, it turns into visual arts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those are the things that are still very much a part of our DNA, you know, mm-hmm. and when fostered and given some encouragement, um, you know, there's... Um, there's room for 
activity in and around those things. And a lot of times polling the young people themselves, well, what is it that you would like to do? You know, I want to mm-hmm. create a so-and-so. Okay, well, let's talk about that. You know, let's see how we can help you do that, you know. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, watching that those stages of, of human growth and development and then tapping into, okay, so what's attractive to them at this age? You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's playwriting. Maybe it's... Um, you know, poetry, you know, and, and we got the technology now. They, they're making videos and, and whatnot. Um, so maybe it's that. Yes. You know, using these various modes to, um, and so then. To create then, activities. To and create activities mm-hmm, and, and venues and, act, and, and ways, avenues for them to communicate and connect and create product or thought, you know, what have you. And tap yeah. in. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. One other thing I want to talk about and, and, and highlight is we kind of grazed over it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I want to lift this up a little bit, right? So when folks are talking about um, Sharif el or Dr. Ayla Stanford's of the world, right? Mm-hmm. They were students right there at Nuthan Musasa. Mm-hmm. Like that, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, is, that is who they were. They were young people right there at Nuthan Musasa. Mm-hmm. And then folks would think like, what was poured into those young people to create these great um, leaders? And here's the difference, right, that I will point out between uh-huh. a Sharif el Mecki and Ayla Stanford than, than a, a, any other black celebrity, right? Uh-huh. The work that they're doing is solely and strictly for their community, right? This is not a financial gain, capital gain. It ain't for the fame. None of it. Their impact is felt the way a celebrity's impact would, would be felt. But what they are actually doing and what's in their heart and what, it they, what they're setting out to do mm-hmm. is community work, is yes. nation-building work. Um, yes. And that foundation came from somewhere, right? It came from, from Nuthamu Sasa. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to talk about some of the early seeds that were planted in folks like them. They're not the only ones. They are two of the most well-known folks um, who came mm-hmm. out of Nuthamu Sasa. But what seeds were, were planted in that those cohorts and those young people was com- coming up through that independent school that turned them into like continuous nation builders and co-conspirators out here? Yeah. So there's a couple of things that come to mind. When I think of them, yes, they're the most popular who, you know, have done a lot of dynamic work in Philadelphia. But we looked at, so there's a couple points. Let me see how I can tie this in. As long as those children knew that who they were and what they could be was enough, if they put the best of themselves in it, it was okay. It, it, you know, sometimes you'll hear this, well, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a... Mm-mm. I'm as equally proud of those who became chefs, <laughs> you know, of those who became administrators in some other areas of work, as I am those two who are the most noted because of their character and what they're doing, even if it's on the family level. You know, mm-hmm. great parents, um, great uh, block captains, you know, what, they are doing something impactful and they are carrying themselves in such a way that exemplifies what they were taught and how they were taught. Um, I would say we love them unconditionally and we challenge them. Uh, discipline, 
Nathama Sasa means discipline now in Kiswahili. Mm. You know, um, the D-H is pronounced like a T. And so <laughs> the drive for, you, you know, you're loved, you're going to be supported, you can do it. And we, we, that's what we expect. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's what we expect. Period. And that's what Kamau, Eli's brother, always says. He says, "You, you are going to do this, and you can do it." Period. Yes. <laughs> what else is there to say? Exactly. You know, yep. I, I think about Shani Harvey, um, who um, is co-partners in partnership with a fitness studio, one of the most successful ones in the Northwest. You know, so she's a fitness trainer. You know, so whatever it is, who are you? What 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 are you carrying? Who, what what quality of work are you putting out there? You know, mm. and how it's modeled in your your uh, in your family, and what you're doing. So, um, and you you'll run into another former Nathamusasa person, and you know maybe they're just parenting, but they're parenting the best way they can. You know, so it didn't matter to us. Whether somebody came out with with PhD behind their letters, I mean, letters behind their name, it was who are you and what are you doing and are you doing the best you can to you know to role model for yourself first, your family and your community. So yes. yeah, so we challenged them and we loved them and they still they still talk about that uh, that love. That's why to me it's not enough to be a black teacher. It really isn't. It's mm-hmm. Do you really care? You know, are you showing your best face and do they see it in your eyes and in your behavior and your tone of voice? You know, how you speak to them, you know, when they walk away, do they feel that you care about them or that you're just there to get paid? You know, um, I love that. I really do. Because a lot of folks. Uh, it's very crucial and a lot of folks Mm -hmm. don't make that connection meaning like just because somebody you know the saying goes just because they are skin folk don't mean they're all kin folk folk. Uh, Mm -hmm. and you can't just throw a black person um, in front of a child just Mm -hmm. because they're black oh Um, no gotta be quality people and you have to care about children you have to care about them as humans and I think that's really important on um, for folks to take uh, about the the stuff that happened in, in Nuthamosasa. You guys were raising good people, great citizens who were conscious um, and who understood their mission. Um, and of course, like education happened, like it's not like it didn't, right? You wouldn't have who you have today. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys raised good people. Um, and the mm-hmm. goal wasn't to, we want to have all these famous and phenomenal people come out of here. No, we wanted to raise young people who were going out into the world um, to do great things and to build up their community. Yeah, and and you know what else too? Uh, I just thought about this. My um my advisors, you know, Wema, Mama Wema, Mama Fasaha, uh, Mama Mwamini, and Mama Samira, they believed wholeheartedly that, uh, and the males too. You know, Baba Changa, Baba Jehudi, Baba Mjenzi as advisors. Many they they believed that we could challenge the status quo or believe that children could not meet, reach certain benchmarks at certain ages. Mm. So the children were learning how to read. And, and this was something that was criticized, but we forged ahead and we did it um, in a way that was gentle, in a way that was uh, supportive, 
of their curiosity, okay? Mm-hmm. So that natural curiosity of a child that makes them pick up a book and start to use um, the visuals of that book and you start talking to them about what they're seeing. That's all mm-hmm. the rudiments of learning to read. Mm-hmm. Well, that happens at a very early age. So they're modeling you. So you're reading. They pick up a book. They might turn it upside down. <laughs> but they see you picking up that book. And so now they're looking at and you engaging in conversation with them about what's going on there, the pictographics that are going on in that book and reading mm-hmm. to them. Okay. So we were we were doing some cutting edge things that folks typically would say, well, you don't need to start teaching a child to read at that age. Yeah, as soon as they're interested. And and what's age appropriate, which might Mm -hmm. be just reading to them and talking about the pictures and pointing out the colors, Mm -hmm. you know, and so forth. Those are the foundational pieces that go into learning how to read, right? And so they they learn that the body parts, and we show them the words, you know, um, they learned at three years old, they could say their mother's name, their father's name, and their address and their phone number. <laughs> <laughs> yes, some of that, again, basic foundational stuff and pushing kids beyond what others felt like they could achieve. Yeah. Um, yeah. Raising the bar for black children is what right. you were pointing and out raising and saying. the bar. Raising the bar for black children and knowing and believing that they can meet that bar. Yes. Which is yes. super important. But it's lacking. It's lacking right now. Believe and we would it. have fun doing it because we would have morning drills. And so, yeah, joy. what's me, Ma? Joy. That's right. Oh, my goodness. We would have morning drills and you have your rhythms going to it. And so that's your me, Mom. But what's your me, Mom's name? You know, so <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, my name is Pookie. What, but what's your name? Mommy mm-hmm. calls you Pookie. But what is your name? What is your first, middle and last name? Like so now they're that. three and four years old and they could stand up and they could recite all that. But you doing know. it with joy is also doing important. Doing it with joy, yes. Because people forget that how important that is. And again, as your description, and then now, now you see why, or we all see why, Sharif has this love for this place that he went to, right? <laughs> he got to yeah. learn. High expectations were set for him. Someone yes. believed in him, but they did it all with joy and laughter. Yes. Um, it was a fun place to be for students. It was an exciting place to be for students, but the bar was set for them, and they had folks that believed in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so anybody out there listening who is thinking about starting a black independent school, do Go it. For it. Go for it. Do Go it. For do it with love. It. Do it with joy. Do it with high expectations. Do it. Mama, I would love for you, uh, before we wrap up, to share a little message to our current generation of freedom fighters and liberators out there in our education community. What would you tell these folks? How to keep them encouraged? Don't stop. Don't stop. It's worth it. You're standing on the shoulders of ancestors who have gone before you, who laid the trail. You know, um, the reward I can't tell you. I am 69 years old, and I am proud of being Mama. You know, some people are like don't call me, call me mama. You know, because you be you you become, uh, and I don't I can't quote the African proverb, but your name, they say, who are you if your name is not heard in the marketplace? Mm. You know, so not that you should do it for ego or fame, but it fortifies it fortifies you. It keeps you healthy and strong as well to know that you are feeding, but you're also receiving. That reciprocity, 
there's nothing like it. You get to see yourself <clears throat> in the faces and the models of those young people that you help to grow and develop. So it's worth it. It's worth it. worth it. It's worth it. It's and worth also, it. Mom, we always ask our guests to thank a black teacher before you leave here. So if you have one, two, however many black teachers past or present that you would like to thank, we want to give you the floor to do that right now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Mr. Bennett, Mr. Strayhorn, and Miss Buck. They didn't take anything off of us in junior high school. <laughs> and you know what? I just loved that, that era of teacher because they knew how to motivate and inspire us and hold us to a standard and make us earn the treats that they gave us when the groups from the Uptown Theater would come and practice on us <laughs> on Friday before they performed at the Uptown. So mm -hmm. they knew that, okay, these young people like music. Uh, well, let's give them something to earn. They're going to earn a free concert, a trial concert before it goes to the uptown, you know. So these teachers, they were innovative, they were creative, and they paid attention to uh, young people enough to know what would turn us on and what would get us excited about learning, you know, and encouraging us and holding us to a standard and mm -hmm. disciplining us when we, fell, when we fell off the wagon a little bit. So I remember those teachers. There are others, but those three come to mind. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to them and that experience yes. again in shaping and molding you. Mama Kamara, we want to thank you for joining us today oh. at Building a Black Educator Pipeline podcast. And thank yes. you so much for being a mother in the movement. Um, yes. Again, we stand on your shoulders. We are continuing your legacy and continuing your work. And we will have you, okay? And this summer I look at Freedom forward Schools. to it. I look We're looking forward, forward to, to more of these songs. Yes, I want to indeed. thank everybody out there for joining us for Building a Black Educator Pipeline podcast. Remember to tell a friend, to tell a friend, like, subscribe, download, and listen. And we'll see you back here again next week for another episode. Peace, y'all.